there are so many barriers that we can encounter in the pursuit of success, regardless of what that type of success is. And they can be barriers that we encounter from within ourselves or from others. Welcome to another episode of On Track with Lani Fokelberg, the place you come to get your mind on track, your career, your business, your headspace, your life, and on the direction that you want it to head. Today is a little bit of a recap on a talk that I delivered for like 400 people a couple of weeks ago for a group of CFOs and senior finance leaders in Australia and New Zealand. And it's it's a bit of a doozy, but it's really important because it gives a solution for some of the barriers that we can put upon ourselves as well as the ones that we invariably encounter from others. And the purpose of this episode is to really give you some tools, I suppose, to help you be better in the pursuit of what you're looking to achieve. And I will, of course, use some anecdotes from my own life and career and entrepreneurial journey and also the observations that I've had throughout that time. So I'm going to start off by talking about one barrier that we can encounter within ourselves a couple that other people can place upon us. And one of those I've actually done a podcast episode on before. So you might get some extra listening in after this one. I hope you do. And then this one thing, this one thing that can help break all of it down. Now, I am, of course, back in the On Track studio today at the Hampton Downs International Motorsport Park, just south of Auckland in New Zealand. I'm still getting a little bit used to my new studio setup, but um, I'm really getting into the groove of it. This morning, I have bashed out a few episodes. Um, there are probably some other videos that I'm going to uh, film after this one as well, and it's just so quick and so easy now. So I want to say a special thank you to Will and Guy from Campfire Studios again for all of your support and assistance in getting this set up. And remember, if you're on YouTube and you see me looking over there, it's because I'm just checking that the the camera looks okay and, and maybe just a little bit of accountability for myself sitting up straight. So I don't have too many notes in front of me for this one, just a couple of slides from this talk that I delivered. But let's start with, let's just go back to the very beginning, right? And the, the I mean, the reason that I have spoken about these things in the past and the reason that I spoke about these things at this talk a couple of weeks ago is because I am such a firm believer that especially where I am I'm down under so I'm in New Zealand um, but particularly in New Zealand in Australia I'd love to get thoughts from those of you that are in the United States I know I've got a lot of US viewers um, but our productivity and just the the output that our country actually gets in my view, does rely on everyone at an individual level and then collectively kind of lifting our standards, man, like lifting our game, striving for a higher level of performance, essentially. And that's where these barriers come into play, right? Because if we're trying to achieve something, if we're trying to reach a goal and we face obstacles... Hopefully we can be delusional enough to overcome them. If, <laughs> if anyone's listening to the episode from, uh, I think the 16th of June, two weeks ago, if anyone's listening to that episode, um, you know how being delusional can really improve your ability to overcome roadblocks or see roadblocks as temporary as opposed to permanent failures. But it's it's so important that 
we have tools and we know what the barriers are and that we've got tools to overcome the ones that we are able to control, right? And I'm going to share a little story about when I was younger to explain that first barrier we can impose upon ourselves and it essentially relates to my what I call my former life when I was employed and I was asked to help set up these financial services businesses and this is when I was very young I was 23 and even though I'm a capable intelligent individual and I, and I knew that at that time I didn't think that I was capable of doing what I'd been asked to do I was like why me why have I been chosen for this And there's a label that we've since put on that now and that label is imposter syndrome, right? Like we are bloody good at stopping ourselves from achieving the things, doing the things that we want to do and achieving the things that we want to achieve. And imposter syndrome is one of those stupid, bloody self-imposed barriers that we will slap in front of ourselves. And in some cases, um, stop behind and not move past at least for a period of time when we could be moving past it and doing the things you want to do right so it's something that really plagues I mean I know it plagues a lot of people and when I delivered this talk a couple of weeks ago I might see if I can get the recording and and chuck it up on YouTube for you guys if you want to see the whole thing It was a lot more nerdy than what this podcast episode is going to be because it went into like GDP and graphs and all that kind of stuff. But I was very curious as to whether it's like a super new age modern term, right? And there were a lot of Gen Xs, um, especially being a CFO special interest group, right? Like typically people that have had a longstanding career. Um, So a lot of Gen Xs in the audience and I was really... I was really curious to see whether imposter syndrome retrospectively is something that they felt that they had encountered previously or, you know, whether there just wasn't a name for it or whether it's something that's kind of become a thing and happened more as a result of time going on and the fact that we are now in the 21st century. Oh my God, my nose is itchy. And so on and so forth. So there's some really interesting feedback that came out of that. And essentially the guts of it was, no, this is not just something that 20-year-olds have, 30-year-olds have. This is something that's always been around. And it was perhaps just mentioned less. People were not as confident to speak up and talk about the fact that they felt a level of imposter syndrome. And... Someone also asked whether it was a men's thing or a women's thing and someone said that in her research of it and the conversations that she's had, it's across the board, but that men are less likely to speak up about it and I think it's really important that they do, right, just along with any other thoughts that are going on in their mind because we've seen what some of the statistics are around men's mental health in particular. So that's the first barrier that we can impose upon ourselves and the importance I think of feeling empowered and feeling able to actually overcome or control these barriers we put upon ourselves the importance of it is 
the comes down to the fact that purely it is a barrier we can control. I, for example, have endometriosis. It's an incurable condition that theoretically one in ten. Oh shit! Oh no! Did my freaking gimbal die? <laughs> Apologies to those watching on YouTube. My tripod gimbal stabilizer for the camera just went flat and everything went kaput. So I had to charge up and uh, and get back into it. So as I was saying, so I have endometriosis, right? So as a, it's a barrier that I cannot control. It's an incurable disease. I respond very well to surgery, fortunately. Not everyone does. And when, and like that's just one thing, right? I've got other things that I can't control, which I might talk about in another episode. But given all of the stuff that can happen like from within us, especially from a health perspective, and those that can represent barriers to us achieving the things that we want to achieve, it makes sense. It makes sense for us to control the ones that we can control. So it is very, very helpful if we can quell our own imposter syndrome. <laughs> When we wind back to that part of my career, my former life, I was in like the transport industry, the construction industries. The company that I was running, we were funding trucks, diggers, brewing equipment, like things that you would typically not, it was a world that you would typically not expect to see a young blonde female entrenched in. And I walked into a bar one day, some guys who worked for me, to meet some guys from a bank. And they all kind of greeted each other and stuff. And there was one gentleman from the bank in particular who did not greet me. <laughs> it was very, very clear he didn't realize that I was anyone important to him. And given the way that the relationship our company went on to forge with the bank that he worked for, he certainly knew who I was shortly after but I can't obviously make assumptions about what he thought but he was probably putting the first of the two barriers that other people can impose upon us on me and that is a gender or age based assumption and look you can go into race here culture religion but I'm not really in a position to speak to those things because where I live, um, yeah, I am, <laughs> I am not like an immigrant, right? I live in the country where I was born and I don't have any sort of significant religious beliefs or anything that, that people could hold against me. Um, I'm white as well, right? So we all, we all know some of the racial-based assumptions that can be made. But another really great story I heard recently was from... Uh, a really, really great man, relatively young, and he's only, I, th I think he's only in his mid-40s, he might be 10 years older than me, and he, I was having lunch with him, and he told me that he walked into, I think it was a lawyer's office, with a tax partner from one of the big four, like, accounting firms, and the people that they were meeting with, they, like, asked, asked him to go get the coffees, because there was clearly this age-based assumption, this is going back quite a few years, but there was obviously this age-based assumption that like, oh, this young guy, he's, he is not mature enough to, like, he's not the guy that's, that's 
paying the tax partner from Deloitte <laughs> or, or PwC or whatever, right? And I thought that was just, we were cracking up about it. We were talking about these kind of stereotypes and so forth. And yeah, sent to go and pick up the coffees. This is a guy who's about to sell his business for Squillions as well. I've done very, very well for himself. Got a lot of time for him. Um, I respect him a lot. So oh, that was a great story. But, but again, you know, I spoke about the barriers that we, can control from within ourselves like imposter syndrome and when we talk about something like the gender or age-based assumptions like there is enough to deal with without us as humans putting our own shit onto other people and putting our own assumptions onto them and allowing that to hold them back like who are we to hold other people back that, that, you know, that, that is just rubbish. And the other age-based one, which you might have heard me talk about before, if you are subscribed on YouTube, remember to hit subscribe, or if you've listened to my podcast episode or, or just follow me on social media in general, is some of the age-based assumptions around Gen Z. And I don't think I really even know, need to go into this today because I have spoken about it on the podcast so much before and and there is actually an episode if you're watching on YouTube I'll see if I can get Steph my amazing editor to put like the little video thing <laughs> that you can click on but it's it was called um Gen Z is not useless basically so if you want to hear me talk about that more go and have a listen to that episode but that is just a classic stereotype right and to sum it up you can be useless at any age no one generation is useless. And so it's very unfair for us to kind of tar young people with the same brush. And especially when they're simply trying to survive and navigate a world that we freaking built for them. <laughs> the world is the way it is today because of the people who have existed in the world up until now. We cannot put, again, our own like assumptions on to other people at the detriment of other people it's it's incredibly unfair the second barrier and this is the one I mentioned at the beginning of the episode as having spoken about recently is something called tall puppy syndrome now if you're watching this or listening to this episode from the United States you might not have heard of tall puppy syndrome it's essentially this cultural phenomenon down under as I say in Australia and New Zealand where people who are trying to do something either out of the ordinary, something extraordinary, um, something bold, they're just trying to achieve something, they're trying to succeed, and they do succeed, other people are very envious of that. And even for the most bizarre reasons, I get it a lot because of the car that I drive, which is, is bonkers. It doesn't affect literally anyone and there are some comments here that I'm going to read out that people have made about me in the last 12 months and on this note I am thinking of doing some like YouTube shorts of reading out hate comments on social media especially TikTok so look out for those as well and and subscribe so that you can see those um if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple head over to YouTube or just they'll they'll be on probably TikTok or Instagram too so this is what a couple of people have said about me Pretending that you do what you do to make others feel good, improve their well-being or their financial security is disingenuous. You're dishonest and selfish, which is not at all unusual in a narcissist. 
This woman is a grandstander and a poser. My favorite one coming up. She's a parasitic paper shuffler who deserves no respect. I really wanted to make that my LinkedIn headline. I wanted to say, Lani Fogelberg, parasitic paper shuffler and show off wanker. (laughs) I was was really close to doing that last year. Um, Another one of my favorite ones. They're still building planes. Why don't you do New Zealand a favor and leave? And then this one, which wins zero points for creativity. In fact, I think this person loses brain cells for the level of creativity. Just simply, you are pathetic. And (laughs) when I did this presentation, I purposely did not show highly professional curated photos of myself. I wanted to include photos that show like I'm just a human like anyone else trying to enjoy life and contribute meaningfully to others. And I included a photo. I might, I'll turn this around on my iPad so those of you that are watching. I don't know if you can see that photo very well. Uh, I might be able to include it uh, in the YouTube video itself. But a photo of my family, I'm just another chick. And this is some of the shit that people say about me. And that was largely off the back of some media last year when... I spoke about tall poppy syndrome, Um, not because I'm having a complaint, but because I'm worried about what it does and can do to the mental health of people in Australia and New Zealand. So, you know, it, it (laughs) it may come as no surprise that I'm mentioning it if you follow the podcast, but it was about tall poppy syndrome. Um, the thumbnail on YouTube had Adrian Portelli's McLaren Center GTR on it. So look out for that. If you want to go back and listen to that podcast episode about tall poppy syndrome, um, which was intended to be a very positive episode that provides people with practical tools that we can do to actually create a more supportive and productive down under so that everyone can lead a better life. Okay, back to this. This needs a. <laughs> um, and the thing about tall poppy syndrome, I just, I yeah. One thing I will say, I won't harp on about it too much since I have done a whole episode on it, is that like this is not just a me thing, right? Like, sure, overnight I essentially became a wanker because one day I didn't own a Ferrari, and then the next day I owned a Ferrari, uh, and. To me, again, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous that a car can trigger so much unhappiness and hate. It's vile. And when you share something like a beautiful photo of your family, a professional achievement, like some kind of industry award or promotion that you've achieved, um. <clears throat> something else that you're proud of maybe you had a really epic holiday or you went to Tomorrowland or something like that and what I've learned over the years is that if you do something buy something or achieve something which is either perceived as unattainable to someone or to what their peer group would typically achieve or attain or if they think if they perceive that the cost of the thing you've bought or done is above average for the cost of that thing, it can trigger hate. Now, you can argue that the solution is to just go offline and not be online, but 
I personally don't want to hide the things that I love and enjoy. And I'm sure most of you listening and watching don't want to do that either, just to appease people who are unhappy within themselves. And I'm certainly not the only one who feels this way. Um, There are a lot of comments which... Yeah, maybe I can include some of them in the show notes or something. I, I don't really want to go on about TPS too much in this episode, but I'm, I'm not the only one who sees this as a thing, I suppose, is the bottom line. Now, when we talk about the solution to all of this, what's the solution? What's the solution to imposter syndrome? What's something that can help us with gender and age-based assumptions? What's something that can help us with tall poppy syndrome? Self-awareness. And here's a fun fact about self-awareness. If you stand in front of a group of people, as I did a couple of weeks ago, and you get those who think they're not performing at the top of their game so far this year to put their hands up, it looks like there are two different groups of people in the room. It looks like there are people with their hands up and people with their hand down. And the thing about self-awareness is that those hands up, hands down type situations are a complete bogus reality because the people who have their hands up have the level of self-awareness to be able to check in with themselves and say, actually, you know what? Yeah, this is where I'm at at the moment and I, I'm, I don't have my mojo. Like I'm not at the top of my game. Those with their hands down, they're either killing it, which is amazing and I love that for them, or... They just don't have quite yet that level of self-awareness to kind of know where they stand at any one point in time. So there's reservation, right? They're like, oh, I haven't thought about this before. How am I doing? How am I performing? Am I off? Am I on? And so they haven't put their hand up. So the thing about self-awareness is that not everyone has it. Not Everyone has the capability to have it, but not everyone actively aims to foster that. And it's something that I have done within myself for as long as I can remember, probably not when I was in my early 20s and younger than that, I don't think so, but it is so, so powerful. And when we cultivate self-awareness within ourselves, we can recognize when something like imposter syndrome is holding us back. Being self-aware about our thoughts and feelings enables us to do something about them. And when we consider what self-awareness can do within ourselves for others, referring to some notes here, we can recognize when we're being biased. And we're all human. Like we all we all think stuff, right? And then we go, oh, oh, that was... That wasn't quite right. And that self-awareness enables us to understand and identify perhaps when we're judging someone. So that also enables us to change our behaviors for the benefit of others. I could really go on about this topic um, so long. And when I delivered this talk, it was a 45-minute talk. <laughs> so I will see if that's – they might have put it up on YouTube. I will see if I can refer to that. Um, and those of you on Spotify, it, it'll probably be up on my LinkedIn if you just want to go and see it. But yeah, in, in conclusion of all of that, and I referenced this briefly at the beginning, we, we need to 
try and cultivate a level of high performance for the betterment of everyone around us and for the betterment of where we live. And much like I mentioned in the episode two weeks ago about being delusional, there's a lot of this which is contagious. When you're delusional, you often end up inadvertently inspiring and motivating other people because you have this level of passion and conviction about what you're pursuing that other people can't help but feel it when you walk into a room or when you talk to them. When you show that you're self-aware and that you're prepared to take responsibility for the way that you think and behave, that in itself can also be inspiring to other people as well. It can lift others up. When we hold ourselves to a certain standard, we often force those around us to rise. So it's a very important thing for us to cultivate this level of self-awareness so that we can overcome imposter syndrome, so that we can prevent ourselves where possible from being biased or judgmental and bringing other people down. So I hope you found this episode, it's a little bit of a different episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. Would love to hear your thoughts as usual. You know where to find me. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can hit subscribe down below to get notified of my episodes every two weeks. I am starting some interviews soon. They'll be every other week as well. So exciting. And I just really want to say thank you so much for listening, for watching, wherever you are in the world. I really appreciate you. I am your host, Lani Fogelberg, and I hope you have a spectacular day. Bye.